0: Are you ready for retirement? Do you feel comfortable about your years of retirement? Many women don't feel ready or have some questions that need to be answered. Welcome to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement with Maria Lukasen. We've got some amazing guests and terrific ideas to make sure you are preparing and enjoying retirement. Now, here's your host, Maria Lukasen. Yes. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever you are, it's so great to know that you are listening to today's show of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement at the Empowerment Channel of Voice America, the largest radio platform in the world, of talk radio shows. Welcome to all the listeners in the United States, in Canada, but I know there are also listeners in Asia, in China, in Australia, and even in Europe. I have listeners in Germany and France, and I'm so excited that there is a global audience for my podcast. So anywhere that you are listening to this show, I'm so grateful that you are making time for you to find out more about the topic of retirement and especially today's topic, which is about uh, living a life um, and preparing for death with uh, somebody in your life that are... um, experiences and situations that are um, very, how shall I say, sensitive. So let's talk about that today. It's my great pleasure to present this series of shows and bring you these subjects that will help you in planning and preparing for your next chapter in life. My name is Maria Lucasse, and I am a certified retirement coach. I help women find joy and meaning in retirement and ideally we make plans before we start the next phase in life so after working for 40 years i want to be able to do what i want when i want and where i want and at the same time i see how opening up about this next chapter has given many women a new perspective about retiring and i am compelled to use my voice to bring awareness and motivate other women to choose a vibrant lifestyle in their next chapter that i feel is the legacy i want to leave so if you are retiring this year or maybe you did last year and you have not prepared For the changes in this chapter in your life, but would like to make it the best time of your life, then I invite you to join my 90-day group program, Next Chapter Roadmap. So, when you want more details about this program, then send an email to maria at marialucassonhq.com. How? Welcome, welcome everybody to the show for this month. As always, I start with an affirmation and affirmation for this week. Let me tell you first a little bit about what an affirmation is. If uh, an affirmation opens the door, it's a beginning point on the path to change. In essence, you are saying to your subconscious mind, I am taking responsibility. I am aware that there is something I can do to change. And when I talk about doing affirmations, I mean consciously choosing words that will either help eliminate something from your life or help create something in your life. So the affirmation for today is... um, I am an essential part of maintaining my loved one's health. What I do is important and deserves respect from others. So today we are talking about a a sensitive topic that nobody really thinks about unless it happens and they are forced to take action and to and experience what it is that happens when you need to take care of somebody who is in the final stage of life. So I want to welcome today to my guest speaker, Jennifer O'Brien. Jennifer, welcome to today's podcast. I'm so happy that you have time and actually more happy that you took it upon you to Uh, write about this topic and now want to talk about this topic. Welcome to the show, Jennifer.
1: Thank you, Maria. It's my pleasure to be here with you.
0: Yes. Um, So for our listeners, I just want to give them a little bit of background about you and what I have from the bio. And then we talk about um, the end of life and what people can do to be better prepared for that. So Jennifer O'Brien has helped thousands live and love more fully by recognizing that at the end of life comes death. Family caregiving is both the hardest job and the greatest honor most of us will ever face. And grief is abundant love with no place to go. Wow, wise. She is the author of The Hospice Doctor's Widow, a journal, an art journal filled with beauty, practical insights, humor, and heart. The book has won a Nautilus Silver Award in the Death, Dying, Grief, and Loss category a next-gen Indie Book Gold for relationships, and an independent publisher, Bronze for gift, and an international impact award for its design. It's beautiful. For 35 years, she has been a practice management educator of physicians and served as CEO for two large medical practices. She has authored over 55 articles and made hundreds of presentations. She holds a bachelor's degree from Boston University and a master's degree in organization development from Loyola University in Chicago. She lives in Little Rock, Arkansas. And you have a beautiful uh, start of your bio by explaining what it really is, Jennifer, when people are faced with the end of life from somebody that is dear to them. So tell us a little bit more about how you came um, so passionate, so involved about this topic.
1: Yeah, my, my pleasure. Um, Well, It goes back, I lost my only sibling when I was 18. Um, He was my younger brother, David. And some years later, my mother um, got pancreatic cancer and died a few weeks after her diagnosis. So that about 12 years ago, when I was doing one of those leadership in healthcare jobs, and I met... Um, A guy named Bob Lemberg, who was a palliative care physician here in Little Rock, Um, you know, we fell in love. Uh, Besides the fact that we just enjoyed each other's company, I think we had a mutual appreciation. I, from a personal perspective, I knew um, how important palliative care is to families and patients. And I think he appreciated that I offered that personal perspective. And of course he had extensive professional experience. Um, So we both knew that, you know, at the end of life comes death. And we spoke very openly um, uh, about our end of life wishes to each other, Um, which by the way, is an act, I think of tremendous intimacy and care. And um, and we had a wonderful life. And then he found a couple of um, lumps on the left side of his neck and, and mm-hmm. was diagnosed as a stage four um, metastatic uh, clear cell carcinoma. And he lived for 22 months following the diagnosis. And so one of the things, of course, that happened with that was all of the stuff that he did for patients and families, you know, was now on us um, to do for ourselves and for each other. And that was really a blessing because we spent a lot of time um, just enjoying each other's company, but also preparing, preparing for his death and preparing for my survivorship. Um, And so I kept an art journal Um, it was purely for self-care. I am a self-taught collage artist and I started documenting my thoughts and my feelings and some of his wisdom. And I, I, I just created this journal. I just went to it and, and, and created art collages that tried to express what I was going through. You know, Bob never saw it, um, I'm not even sure if he knew I was working on it. And then about a year and a half, I went on with it about a year and a half after his death. And and I was doing another one of those leadership positions with a large multi-specialty practice. And one of the neurologists said that he was um, diag- told me he was diagnosing three different patients with ALS, which is of course a terminal diagnosis. And I brought my journal, my art journal into him. He took it home. He read it. He came back the next day and he said, you know, Jennifer, you're not getting your journal back. I'm going to loan it to these patients and their spouses because it's going to be really helpful to them to understand, you know, what they're in for um, and to help them prepare for you know, the death of the, of the person who has ALS and, and the survivorship of the, of the caregiver. Um, and he told me, you know, you need to figure out how to get this thing published because it's, it needs to get out to more people. Mm -hmm. And well, you can imagine how compelling that was. Right. So I was like, yeah. So I found an independent publisher. They took a big chance on it because it's a most unusual book. Um, and on a on you on a topic that doesn't get talked about much. Yeah. And um, yeah. And it and it was released. And as you said in the introduction, it, it, it has managed to win four awards. Yeah. So wonderful. But moreover, it has made it to the hands of many people who feel very helped by it. Um, and that's what's most important to me yes
0: and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to talk with you because um it, it's a topic that we try to avoid when we are talking with people we usually look for the good things the happy things the funny things where we talk with with people and there are situations in life where people pass away. And that can be like for you, it can be your spouse of your your husband, it can be a child, it can be your, your, your parent. But that's what life unfortunately is. There's um, all stages in life. And the last stage is called, uh, yeah, passing away, your death. And nobody wants to think about it, but it's unavoidable. Just we don't know when and we don't know how and and sometimes uh, things go really fast and you don't have time to think about it. Uh, but there are situations in life where it takes much longer, like when you have a disease or an illness, like ALS, like Alzheimer, like your husband a cancer that um, takes much out of the joy of of the last. uh, years of your life and so it's it's hard to take care of somebody in that situation Um, so uh, and as you discovered and you you worked already with your your husband about it in the hospice helping people in that last stage of life and then it came to you uh, when you were taking care about Um, your your husband. So um, I want to talk with you about how you uh, coped with that situation, and what kind of advice and tips you can give to them. Uh, And we can talk about that at the end uh, a little bit more. But yeah, uh, I want first to ask you, why is it so important to prepare for the end of life? Why do you think is that important?
1: Well, first and foremost, it happens with 100% accuracy to every single one of us. You know, we we don't all get married. We don't all have babies, but we all die at the end of our lives. Um, That is is a certainty. And there are so many other things in life that are uncertain that we spend a lot of time and effort on. Yet this one thing that is certain, we don't, we typically don't spend time on. Not only is it certain, Maria, but the people that are in our lives are hugely affected by by, the, by our death. Um, I, I always say what I call the triad of certainty is: at the end of life comes death. There are no do overs in end of life and changed forever. The loved ones remain and remember, you are affected for the rest of your life by the death of a loved one. And so why not put a little bit of effort into making that death go more smoothly so that when I'm spending time later after I've lost you, I'm thinking about the love and the grief And the memories, rather than worrying about getting your estate through probate or getting a small estate affidavit or what did you want done with your remains, what did you want done with your things, did you have cryptocurrency somewhere that you know, we don't have access to anymore. What happened to all the photographs in your phone because you didn't give me the code to get into your phone. Um, And now all those photographs are gone. Um, these These are very important things to the people we leave behind. And so let, and they're already going to be very sad that we've died. So let's not layer on a bunch of extra stuff. Let's make it easy on them by preparing
0: yes yes and i i love the examples that you just gave uh about um what happens when when you're unprepared for when somebody passes away and i i know that from um friends over here who had uh had to take care of the estate of their parents and all of a sudden it's 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 a big big project to take care of everything that was left behind and to figure things out and to get access to certain things uh, like bank accounts and what have you. So preparing um, these documents and talk about it with somebody what he or she wants um, when they pass away because you... Don't know if you don't talk about it. Um, do they want to be buried? Do they ha- want to have a cremation? A big um, church service or no church service? Or, that are all individual things of uh, how do you want to leave the world, yeah. and 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 w- w- if you talk about it with uh, the people that are going to take care of it, then uh, you know it's going to happen in the way you would like it to be. If you don't talk mm-hmm. about it, it's going to happen anyway. Uh, yeah. in, in the <laughs> other, how the other people feel like it, but if you are, uh, if if you think about it, and you know you have. A list of friends or whatever, if you don't give it to anybody, nobody will know who are your friends, you know, and especially me being all by myself here Mm -hmm. that I think of when something would happen to me tomorrow, I probably would be in a dear situation because I am not prepared about this thing in my life. So I always say I want to be 100 years old. So for that reason, it's still another 30 years at least before it's time for me to think about this. But anyhow, I don't want to wait that long to get something um, that um, I can give to somebody and say, hey, if, if, if anything happens, here is all what I want and, and maybe talk about it too with, right. with the person, especially like me, who is totally uh, alone here. My, my relatives are all somewhere in, in Europe. So it's ba- probably somebody here who will need to take charge of things like that more as my family who is in Europe. So um, they are still important topics to have
1: but yeah absolutely yeah you've brought up the issue of solo aging ah, um I, yeah. I too now my my entire family has died before me including my husband i have no kids so i'm a solo ager as well there are a lot of us um, yeah. in the world these days and um and so we i think we have that added responsibility of not only preparing but communicating that preparation and giving access to someone who, who will then need to, you know, something has to happen after someone dies. Something must happen with their stuff, with their remains, and so forth. So we as solo agers really have to look at that very very carefully, who is that person? And not only after we die, but also if we become incapacitated, someone who can be a healthcare proxy before we die, um, if we can't make decisions on our healthcare for ourselves. So, and again, that's applicable to everyone, but solo agers are in a, in a particularly, um, you know, that's a that's an added layer to the situation.
0: Yes, I I. and that's why I I started this conversation with you about being solo because somehow in life, we all end up solo. It's rare, even when you're married, that you both pass away at the same time. It's often that one person goes first and then you're all of a sudden, uh, A, you're taking care of the one who's passing away, but also then you are the one who's left over. And I think okay, we are at least I am over 50. So and even over 60, it's a time to start thinking about that. Because nobody knows exactly how much time we have in this, uh, this life. So it's, it's a good time to get ready.
1: Well, and you know, you talked about this in the introduction of your coaching um, practice. That is, that what you want your legacy to be, and I, you I have given that same thought to what do I want my legacy to be. And so that's the other thing you're doing as a solo ager, when you say, okay, I need to, I need to get the get this stuff together so that it's easy for someone to hand off part of. That's part of your legacy. That that. Um, You you prepared and and you made it easy on the people that that were left behind um, after you after you died.
0: Yes, uh, because in a way you don't want them to think of uh, all the things that they had to do or take care of or figure out because you have not uh, spent time on it. You know, right. uh, your house was a mess and with all kinds of other stuff in it. So it, it, it might be, especially when you're retiring, you might be uh, cleaning up your house, decluttering, throwing papers away from way back and things like that. So it might be also a good idea to think about how can I help somebody else to prepare uh, or to help me when I am in that situation that I need help. Um, with my life that I can't take care of it by myself anymore and mm-hmm. so th- that's um, something that I hope for many of us um, is still a long way to go but at the other hand um, now we still are in good shape our memory is still good our mind is still working and we can do this uh, probably easier as when we have to do it in 10 or 15 year, year time, uh, when we are starting to think of, should I move to a nursing home or whatever? And then you probably are not making that decision yourself anymore, anyhow. Um, so let's be courageous, let be and, and think about what would we need to do in order to, to get that? And I, you have a, a, a wonderful toolkit that I got from your website, and we can give the listener the the information at the end of the the conversation, but I would love to talk with you a little bit more about that toolkit so the the listener has an idea of what do they need to think of. And the very first page that I opened up after your nice intro, uh, hello, is... uh, setting up a smartphone medical ID. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is something that probably could be a lifesaver for many people if they have that on their phone. And I never thought about it, but I saw it and I thought, Oh, I got to do this. So, um, a lot of things you might have on your phone and there's a lot of things on your phone that you uh, might not everybody want to have access to but this would be something that uh, (laughs) certain people should be able to find on your phone and and you have it uh, uh, special for the um, iPad and you have it for Android so uh, there's two different ways so anybody who would like to can get detailed information. So, but you tell us a little bit of what it is that you think is important to have in this information on your phone.
1: Well, I, I think so. Yes, that's a great question. So there are, there's a number of things, critical information about you, including your full name, your date of birth, any medical conditions you have any, um, notes, any allergies and reactions, what's your blood type, are you an organ donor, height and weight, your primary language, and then um, your emergency contacts. And I, of course, have my emergency contacts are also my healthcare proxy. But in addition to this information, and in the iPhone, there is a particular place called the medical ID to store this information. In the Android phones, most of them do not have that space, but there's an app that you can download in an Android phone that will allow you to put this information in there. And then then a couple of follow-up items are that you would go ahead and there's instructions in this toolkit on how to make that medical ID accessible even when the phone is locked. So we usually have, right, a lock on our phone. We put yeah. in a private code or it looks at our face and says, oh, yeah, this is Jennifer. I'll open up this phone. But, of course, if we can't do that, um, if, a, if an EMT, right, comes on the scene and you've had an accident <clears throat> or, a, or a heart attack or something, yeah. they can access this information if you have switched this feature on in your phone
0: yes and that is the most important piece really because if you have it on your phone and nobody can access it then it's cool information but it's not giving uh serving the purpose why you did it um so yeah and i saw that and that's so great that you gave that information too on how to do this because not all of us are so good with our our gadgets that we can can do that. You know, for me, um, I'm happy if I can make my calls. No, I'm I'm kidding a little bit. I'm 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 using it for more things as uh, as just making phone calls. But um, depending on uh, how smart your phone is, um, it's it's good to be able to set it up in a way that it it serves uh, as intended. Yes. So that is your phone because often things might happen and um, you have no other identification with you as what you have on, on, on the phone. Um, so that, when I go running, for example, I often, um, I have a little pouch with me where I have my uh, music on uh, while I'm running and I have a little um, purse in it, which has an old driver's license in it. So then I think, okay, if somebody finds me when I fall or stumble, at least they can see my name, my address, and they have a few clues on who I am. So, but with this information on my phone, I can leave that old thing at home and I have everything on, on one um. um uh, uh, equipment one thing that uh, that has everything so um, I was trying already to to solve that issue that sometimes things happen and you can't um, always give the information that they are looking for um, when you're all by yourself so right. yeah so um, there, but there's more of course to do than just have that information on your phone um, to plan for that last stage in life. So um, there are some documents that you suggest people um, start preparing for for this situation. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about um, the first thing what you mentioned is an advanced directive notification. So what does that mean? If somebody would not know what that is, what would that be? Can you explain that?
1: Sure. An advanced healthcare directive or in other countries, they call it advanced care planning um, is having had conversations and in some cases documentation of what your end of life wishes are and what your care wishes are if you cannot make those decisions yourself so um there are different forms in different states and provinces but it's basically guiding you through questions that answer you know if i you know if i if i can't um walk and talk if i'm not going to be able to walk and talk again do i want every extent life extending measure or do i want you know, just to be kept comfortable until I die. Um, it's having conversations like that and filling out some paperwork and designating what's called a healthcare proxy who will be able to communicate those wishes to physicians and other healthcare providers. You know, if and when you become ill or injured and cannot communicate those wishes yourself. Um, so that's what a that's what advanced directives are. Perhaps the most important element of advanced directives is your healthcare proxy and an alternate healthcare proxy, right? What if you're what if your healthcare proxy is, you know, hiking in the Amazon? You need and <laughs> when you have your accident, you need a you need a backup. Um so 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 the healthcare proxy is a is a pretty important part. And you're touching base with them periodically you know, confirming that they still understand your wishes over the years and they still feel like they can carry them out. Right. Because that could change right now. My healthcare proxies um, are both about my age um, for right now. And at some point it may be that I feel you know, something may happen to one of them or they may have other big things going on in their life. And I may, um, either touch base with them and confirm that they're still okay with doing it or select another, another proxy, depending on, you know, if I outlive one of my proxies, right? So, so, um, so yeah, you're, you're, you're having the initial conversations ideally, You're having these conversations with your proxy when everyone is healthy, Um, but certainly if you become ill, if you get a significant diagnosis, you definitely need a healthcare proxy and you definitely need to have these conversations. I happen to think it's easier um, to do them, have the conversations in the abstract first, but um, either way, if you haven't done it, do it, no matter what your situation is. But your advanced directives are, you know, some people want, Bob used, my late husband used to talk to patients and families, and he would tell the story of his own parents. Um, both lived into their 90s. Yeah, okay. um, his father said, once I show signs of de- cognitive decline, I want you to keep me comfortable until I die. And his mother said, I don't care what happens to me, I want every life-extending measure. Okay. And they were both right, because your advanced directives are the right answer. It is It is not right. It's If you want yeah. every, every life-extending measure, if you want just to be kept comfortable, or you want something in between, that is your right. And that is also your responsibility to communicate that, because the world doesn't can't read your mind and certainly in the us we're pretty divided almost 50-50 on who wants just to be kept comfortable and who wants every life extending measure so i have some very good friends even some extended family and i can't assume that they feel the same way about those wishes that i do yeah and yeah. and when something happens and I get called to the hospital and an uncle or a cousin, right, has had a stroke or an accident. And if I haven't had this conversation with them, that will, that will launch me into a state of moral distress that I, I believe is entirely avoidable. Um, I, I am fully capable of carrying out someone else's wishes, regardless of, Of how they line up with my own for myself. Yeah. Um, but I need to know what they are. Um, and, uh, and so, so yeah, doing your advanced directives and designating your healthcare proxy. And by the way, your healthcare proxy may not be your spouse. I mean, sometimes your spouse, you just know that your spouse is wonderful and loves you like crazy and you love them, but they're not going to be okay with carrying out your wishes if you're incapacitated. And that's okay too. You 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 know you need to talk about it and determine who is going to be okay to do that.
0: All right. Um,
1: it's not always right the person closest to you. Um, but anyway, these are these are important elements because four out of five of us will die, you know, following an illness or or an injury. Um, only only one in five of us die instantly. Right, accident or. Mm-hmm or, you know, severe stroke or, or myocardial infarction. So, um, so four out of five of us are going to approach death slowly, um, more, you know, and, and we need, we need to talk about it. We need to talk about what our preferences are. It, like I said, it's both our right and our responsibility.
0: Yes. Yes. And 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 as you mentioned already, we all have different views on um how much life we want to extend when things happen to us um uh, is it like you say is it just that you want to to live your life and, and 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 go quietly and peacefully or is it indeed do you want all medical uh knowledge and technology help you live um longer no matter um if you um live a quality life or not and who is the person to decide upon that the, the only person who can do that is really you uh to think of um w- w- what do i want my uh, my life to be uh if i right. am incapacitated um w- what is, is is good and what is uh the, the 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 barrier or the the border or the the, the limit where you can say okay well, once i cause this then it's okay to say okay let me go uh, but right. if if i'm still um fair uh, good or i can do this or that or think whatever then that might be still a reason to look at, at medical advancements so the proxy definitely is is uh, important, as you say, and finding somebody that you trust and somebody who's willing to do this for you. So it, it's good to talk with somebody about it uh, beforehand and like you say, to um, um, question it or for, uh, talk about it after uh, a couple of years again, just to see. That the person still remembers that that you talked about it maybe uh, a few years ago, and, and that they know where they can find it, or and, and and things like that. And also, if something would change in your life, that right. you, you might have... might get a different vision on what you want, then you definitely should uh, should take. Uh, uh start a conversation again and say, hey, I thought about it again, and now I think this is how I want this to be. Because um in one way, yes, if you're you're dead, you're dead. You can't do anything anymore after that. But you still right. want to give this as a memory to other people who are uh, yeah, who remember you, who want to remember you, you want to know, or you um that's, I think, what many people fear most is that how will people remember me? And you can help them remember you by preparing um, for that part of life where that all of a sudden becomes important. Now, when we're all happy and healthy, uh, you know how, how, how people think and uh, how people look and, and what I do and, and what you like about them and 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 things like that. But once you're dead, you can't change anything of that anymore. It is how you live your life. So in a way, every day of your life should be a good day mm-hmm. uh, to, to live. And, and uh, you should think of, oh, is this how, pe- how I want people to remember me? And if it's something that you think of, oh, no, I don't want people to remember me like this, then don't do it you know, um, but that, yeah, life is, uh, taking over often. And, um, it's not always that we think about that kinds of uh, consequences of future, um, um, experience and ideas that that come from this. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So the, the, the healthcare directive and the proxy are two very important things. So, um, that's definitely something I, uh, um, people need to think of and and talk about it and and have the courage to choose somebody and ask that's also a, a big thing it might not be natural it might not be easy to talk with somebody about that kind of topic so would you have any any tips on how to go about that
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, So so the first thing I would recognize is that it's typically not one conversation, but multiple conversations. Mm -hmm. You know, people Mm -hmm. ask me, how do I have, how do I start the conversation? Well, first of all, it's an ongoing conversation. It it usually happens over several conversations. Um, uh, Secondly, I think one of the things that helps is saying to someone, you know, I love you so much and I want to be able to express that love for you up until and beyond your last breath. Um, and so this is why I'm asking because if, if you die before me, I want to be sure that I am expressing my love and devotion exactly how you would want me to. Um, I think that's a very endearing way to do it there, you know, a lot of times the conversation can come up pretty organically. You're watching a movie and there is, by the way, Hollywood has incredibly unrealistic death scenes. Yeah. Of all sorts. Um, So that's not, but, but sometimes when someone dies in a movie, right. Someone makes it, you know, the person you're watching the movie with says, Oh God, don't ever let that happen to me. Or, yeah, you know, isn't that beautiful? Or whatever, whatever it is, or I can't watch, you know, they might say something like that. And I think those are really organic opportunities, maybe not in that moment, but perhaps the next day or so, saying, You know, that death scene in the movie really struck a chord with me and it has me thinking. We should probably Mm -hmm. talk some things through. Yeah, Um, That kind of thing, I think, can happen Mm -hmm. really naturally. And I think, like I said, I think it happens over several conversations. And obviously, you know, the toolkit that I provide on my website, the At Peace Toolkit, it... um, it's it's pretty robust. There's a lot to do. This is not easy and it doesn't get done in a day. So I would also say, you know, if you're doing this with someone, a friend or a spouse or a parent, you know, celebrate the victories. When you get your medical ID IDs loaded into your phones, you know, go out and have a coffee and pat yourselves on the back. When you get your advanced directives done, you know, have lunch together or do something fun that you both like to celebrate your accomplishment. And the, the third component of the, of the toolkit is just, you know, what I call the, <laughs> what I call the croak folder or the death dossier, which is where do we put all of life's documents that I will need to be able to get my hands on when you die. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so so these are this is a big project. It doesn't it doesn't happen quickly, but but if you're deliberate about it, you can absolutely get it done. Um if you started today, you could certainly get it done by the end of the year. Um and um and be able to start 2023, right, with this sense of having stuff together. And I guarantee you the feeling of having it all together is very fulfilling and very empowering yes um, it just it's just yeah it just is extremely extremely empowering yeah
0: and and that, as you say i didn't talk about that yet because i've seen uh in the toolkit of course that the next few pages indeed is is talking about um all the documents, the banks, the investments, what have you the house um where is all the paper stuff what uh, and and are there any passwords on on certain uh online uh accounts and and things like that that is all kind of a practical thing and and if you don't have it somewhere uh, in um, a digital, format, say in Excel, whatever on your computer. If you don't have it in paper, you have it very nicely here in your toolkit uh, where if you go through it, you will get all the information that you would need uh, so that indeed you can say, okay, I have it ready. I can um, either place it somewhere and tell somebody, hey, here is where you can find it so you can update it Um, or you have to print it out or send it to somebody so they have it uh, on their computer it just need to be updated then whenever something happens but yes there's so many legal documents and things in your life where you normally wouldn't think of what you need to need to take care of like uh legal documents yeah for um, some people will have a power of attorney. Or a last will, uh, they might have set indeed set up a trust, but there are so many other things like um, passport, the house, things like that. So um, can you talk a little bit about that uh, idea of how to go about, how to, what is the best way to go about it? Just sit down and uh, grab your. Um, or shall I say, um, depending on where you have it, maybe you have it in a big box, maybe you have it in a drawer and just go through each piece one by one and, and write the things out.
1: Well, there, you know, first of all, you do it in the way that works for you. So so for some people, paper is the best thing. And obviously, these doc many of these documents originate on paper, De- you know, car deeds and house deeds and that sort of thing. Um, so if, if paper is your method of choice, then yes, pulling all those papers together, creating some instructions for what you want done with your remains, um, all, all of your passwords, that sort of thing is important. And of course I would put that paper in a fireproof locked box, So that it doesn't get into the wrong hands, right? Between today and the day you actually die, yeah, um, or it doesn't get destroyed. Um, However, having said that, I will tell you that passwords are fluid, right? Most we're we're expected to change them periodically. So I do think there's a benefit to using some of these secure, you know, um, apps and online methods. I. For my, um, uh, you know, materials, death materials, I put. I have put it all on a on a platform called Everplans, and it makes I can give access to um, to my um, executor um, prior to my death or upon my death. Um, I can give her full access. I can give her access to some things you know, before I die and some other things after I die um, so that it's all there and it's real time. And, and when things change, you know, when my password changes, she, she doesn't have to worry about, oh my gosh, I don't know what bank, you know, what bank this account is in that sort of thing. It's all in there. And I, and I change it, I make additions to that, to that, um, account and she has it. Um, mm-hmm and so does my so does my backup executor so so that's i use that method mainly because um because of the fluidity of those accounts and those passwords and so forth and you're right maria this is all incredibly practical stuff and you might find yourself kind of rolling your eyes at just how practical this is. So I'm gonna appeal to your emotions and I am going to tell you that I am in a number of widows groups. Um and then and every single day, every single day someone survives a loved one and finds that they cannot get into their cell phone to get all the photos and, and videos. -hmm. And I'm I'm talking about widows. I'm talking about parents who outlive their adult children. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is devastating. I have not had this. So the so of course Bob and I fully prepared. I had everything. I didn't experience this. I just hear it from other people. Yeah. But about a month ago, my own father died, and um and and had done zero preparation for his death. Mm -hmm. And luckily um, there wasn't much there to deal with. And luckily, you know, he didn't use his iPad for photographs. And I mean, he lived a very solitary, quiet life in his last few years. And so there wasn't anything there because I can tell you putting, trying to guess what his code was to get into his iPad. And I never did right? I never successfully guessed it. I put in my brother's birthday. I put in my birthday, right? I put in his birthday. I put in everything I could think of that my dad might use yeah. as an access code. None of them worked. And I will tell you, so luckily there wasn't anything in that iPad that I wanted or needed. Can you imagine what that would have felt like Yeah. if there was years of photographs in that mm-hmm. iPhone or in that iPad? And I kept frantically putting in guesses as to what the codes are and it kept not working. And then just so you understand how this goes at a certain point, Apple shuts that down Yeah, because they assume, right? That someone has stolen that device and is trying to get into it. Yeah. And so they shut it down. So your person has died. You are utterly devastated. All you have left of them is the photos in the videos from their device, Mm -hmm. but you don't know the code. And each time you put in another guess, you are that much closer to being cut off from it entirely. And eventually you do, you get shut out. And occasionally with a court order, you might be able to get Apple to let you in, but that is a huge effort and a long shot for something we know is going to happen. We don't know that we're going to outlive our adult children, um, but we might, Mm -hmm. we might. And so I just cannot stress to you, yes, it's incredibly practical, but it is on an emotional and spiritual level, it is about as important as it gets to, to prepare for the end of life, for your own end of life, and and to be involved with preparing for your loved ones' end of life.
0: Yes, I. Uh, that is uh, a very uh, um, plain story, in a way of letting everybody know. Hey, uh, it it might not seem uh, as something important uh, now, but at the time. When it, it has happened and you don't have access to all the things that you need, then it can be really, really stressful. And I remember from a friend uh, who had to go to the bank and, and, and get things organized uh, for her. I think it was her, her mom that passed away. And and just the stress that she went through to be able to access that bank account because yep. she was it was not set up that somebody else could access it and 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 that is in a way something that um is not what we or what you want um to happen. Luckily, when when my mom passed away, my mom had was good. She had told my youngest brother you take care of everything here is Ah. where where it is. And and so they lived fairly close so they could talk when a bill came in or whenever something happened. So he was really aware of what she wanted to happen and how to go about all the financial stuff, all the things in the house. So it went fairly smooth. And that's so nice, especially uh, if you are with multiple people, uh, to get things coordinated, to get things organized. It it helps if there is somebody who knows what to do and where everything is and who has access to it, who got that power of attorney to be able to um, have access to a bank account or to uh, certain uh, legal documents. That's, that's uh, so Im- important to have that set up. So, i hope this conversation today is helping all the listeners think about that situation and realize that it is not something that you put off at a certain um, age in your life that it is better to do this sooner than later so as you say. Well, and
1: and and to get your loved ones to do it right because your t- your listeners are um women um uh, seeking blissful retirement, but the truth is many of those women have adult children and um, even some cases, adult grandchildren, right? And so yeah. um, it's not, it's their own stuff, getting their own stuff together and then initiating that with their families um, because, right, it's not, it, it's, it's not a guarantee that once you get to retirement, it's only going to happen to you after a certain age.
0: No. Exactly. And um, like uh, like you say, you don't know if you survive one of your children or your grandchildren mm-hmm. and you are the responsible person who then all of a sudden uh, has to take care of everything. So, yeah, um, it, 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 I just want to say it, it's it's not it's a topic that we try to put off. Um, because, A, there's time and effort involved to get it all organized and all set up. But as you mentioned before, it is really empowering to know that you have taken care of it and that you don't have to worry about what happens if something happens to you and you can't... uh, be the person who figures it all out, who knows where everything is, or sometimes don't know where everything is, depending on how organized you are in your life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you uh, yeah. So uh, now, as long as as you can take care of it, you can have it anywhere you like it. But um, it it might be just be um, very social, very, uh, to, to think about um, if you if you can't take care of it, and um, it, it, as you mentioned, it happens too often that it's not taken care of, and um, just to be sure that you do not um, ha- put too stress on other people to take care of your belongings and what you want um, at that last farewell in life Um, Mm -hmm. it's good to think about it first for yourself what do you really want because there are people who might not have thought about that um what they want and who just think okay it's not going to happen today it's not going to happen it's not going to happen
1: you know maria you make an excellent point the other the other thing that's important to think about is anyone who is in a relationship a close relationship that is either not recognized by the law of the land or not recognized by their family, right? So you're in a really close relationship. Perhaps you're cohabitating with someone, but you're not married. Mm-hmm. And if they aren't designated as, you know, a legal um, executor of your Will if you haven't done a will that you know you will they will end up being completely left out if they are not your healthcare proxy and if they are not authorized to be um, to visit you in a healthcare facility your family may just leave them out entirely and of course this is especially true for LGBTQ relationships. Um, which either may not be recognized by law or may not be recognized by the traditional family of the individual. So anything, you know, anybody that you want to be a part of the end of your life or serious illness, maybe you're not at the end of your life, but you have a serious illness or a serious injury. You need to address this stuff in writing legally so that they can be there for you um, and with you um, when the time comes
0: yeah yes um because often these things happen at times that we do not expect it that we do not want it and um it's not always that you can see uh things things happening and like when you were talking about your your husband um he had a very short period of time um that he had uh the, the cancer but there might be longer periods that you have to prepare for that last uh, day in life. But even then, it's it's a, it's a it's a good idea to think about it and maybe do something about it. So, uh, it, as always. And I have uh, lots of questions left and I could talk with you for much <laughs> longer about this topic, because as you hear, it, it's something that um, I think uh, is important for especially women to be more aware of and to take action. But I would yes. like you to give our listeners uh, a where can they find this wonderful um, toolkit that you have made with all the information that we talked about and, uh, how can they get in touch with you if they have questions? I mean, they can email me and I pass them on, but maybe you yeah. have another place where they could, could reach you. What would that be?
1: Absolutely. So my website is hospicedoctorswidow.com. Um, And I, and you can either spell out the word doctor, or you can use DRS Mm -hmm. hospicedoctorswidow.com on the resources page of my website is where you will find the at peace toolkit. Um, There is also a contact page so that you can email me directly from my website and perhaps my most Sort of popular and accessible social media is Instagram. Where I am, hospice doctor's widow, and that has doctor spelled out.
0: Okay, and then um, your book is available on Amazon, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is available on Amazon, and it is available on Amazon internationally. So I know you said at the beginning, you have lots of international listeners and um, Amazon International carries my book. It's available in most countries. Um, so yes, please, please take a look at the book. The book, I, I, I promise you, you will not regret buying and reading and, and having this book. It, it will, uh, you'll love it. You really will. It, it, it's a powerful book. It's a beautiful book. And most people who buy it um, buy a second one to either give to a friend or to keep for themselves if they bought it for a friend. Right. So yes, please, please check out the book. Yes,
0: yes. So um, I, I, I love to say thank you so much for helping us to prepare to be more fully aware of uh, and prepare for when that uh, unavoidable uh, time in our life is coming that we pass away or that somebody else passes away. And uh, we need to be ready with all the things that have happened and all the pictures and, 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 and things that uh, uh, we leave behind. So thank you for sharing your information with us and, uh, and all the tips that you gave for how to prepare this uh, in in a, in a in a way that um, it it is empowering us as well as the people that we leave behind. Thank you so much for making Thank time you, Maria. today. Thank you. So listeners, I, uh, this was the end of today's podcast. We had a serious topic, but I hope that you understand why I'm taking sometimes serious uh, subjects to talk about because we are in a time that we um, are in an age, I have to say, that we maybe should start thinking about these things in life, not for us, but for whoever is uh, in our circle of uh, friends and family and that might have to take care of us at a a certain time in our life. So thank you so much for listening today. If you have any comments or any questions, please feel free to email maria at hQ.com You can find the podcast here on this platform, but also on any of the bigger channel, channels like uh, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio here. The, uh, I don't know if they are worldwide, but if you enjoyed this show, please give us a a good rating so that more people can find us. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you again in about four weeks time. It's always the last Wednesday of the month. So take care and uh, talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Your host, Maria Lukasen, will return with another show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll help you enjoy better retirement.